Cripple Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability, with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark, with Andrew Gerza, shining a bright light on sex and disability. Hello everybody, this is the Minnesota. The Minnesota. I'm hanging out in my apartment this morning. I might be getting a brand new chair today as I record this. I'm sitting and waiting for the wheelchair tech to give me a call. I put my phone on silent so I can record this Minnesota. Uh, I'm not really sure if they're coming or not, but when you get a new wheelchair, it's like disabled Christmas. It's like, yeah, I'm going to get a new chair. This, it's literally like disabled Christmas. I've put it on my social media today as Cripple Christmas, and it's going to have, I'm so excited because it's going to have um, power legs, which is something that sounds like I'm a cyborg, but it just means that the legs on my power chair can go up and down by me pressing a button, which is awesome for circulation, and I was thinking awesome for sexy times too, so if I ever want to fuck somebody in my chair, maybe I can like... Maybe I can thrust with the power legs? I don't quite know. But that's where I am when we're recording the Minnesota. Also, in less fun news, I had a date last week with a guy. We had a date. We went out and had burgers. I thought it went pretty well. He seemed like a nice guy. And he proceeded to message me um, just now and say he couldn't see me because I reminded him of his ex who got in a car accident and was also disabled, and it also gave him feelings that I should be more... He said that I should be, quote, more independent and more able-bodied than he was expected than he saw with me. He wanted me to be more able-bodied, which is ridiculous, because he knew I was disabled, and that's gross. And so I'm having feels about that and getting more and more comfortable with my single-seated self and realizing that, fuck this, I don't need relationships. And I don't need relationships that are hinged on this bullshit. And every time I turn around, I get met with the same kind of ableism. And I'm having really deep feels about it right now, which is why I'm doing a little prelude to the Minnesota before I get to the the letters I received, because I'm having deep feels about it. And it makes me feel really upset that people are that gross. And why wouldn't, why would you agree to like, why do I have to be there to go on a date with you for you to realize you're an ableist? And then four days later, instead of just like slowly, like just fucking ghosts, and you know what? I have no problem people admitting their ableistness, ableistness. I'm not sure if that's a word. Ableistness, their own ableism. But I was like, why do you have to like? Why do you need to tell me four days later? And why do you feel the need to tell me in a giant post that you're an ableist? And tell me that my disability was such an issue for you and I have to sit there and listen to you have feels about it and read it and it's going to be in a post that I have to then read. It just makes me feel really gross and I feel, I, I literally, he sent me this big long message about why he's an ableist and I literally, I literally wrote back, thank you, period. And I just moved on because I was like, I don't want to read this because I get, I get these kind of messages all the time. But it was laden with how he wishes I was more independent, how he didn't realize all the things, and then how 
I reminded him of his ex-partner who was in a car accident, which, yo, all disabled people are not the same person. Yo. Just let's let's get that in our heads for just a minute. We're not all the same person, and we don't all look the same just because we're wheelchair users. Holy fuck. Like, fuck you. Okay, I think I digress. I'm going to take a breath. <sighs> Taking a breath, and we're going to start the Minnesota. Okay, so... Got some letters a few months ago. Now, these letters that I'm pulling out are the last ones from the vault. So I'm going to say that this is this is Minnesota number 19 I'm recording today. In order for us to do Minnesota 20, 21, and onwards, I need you, all of you listeners, to pause right now to email me at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com and send me in your Minnesotes. Send me in letters. Write me a story. Tell me all the things. Tell me times that you've dealt with ableism. Tell me times that you didn't have to deal with someone being an ableist prick. Tell me funny sex stories. Send me whatever you want in a cool little email and we can keep these Minnesotes going. Because right now they're weekly, but I'm also considering doing them once every month. Doing like a listener episode once every month, which will give us enough time for you to write a sto- to write a, an email and not feel the pressure of having to do it once a week. And I won't feel the pressure of having to be like, hey, submit to a Minnesota every single week and feel like I'm like pressuring everyone. But I do love the Minnesota so much. Um, and I want them to continue because I think they're important and I think it opens up the conversation on disability more than just me talking at you or me interviewing a guest for an hour. It really does open up the conversation. So I would love it if you would pause right now Go to disabilityafterdark at gmail.com and write me an email about anything related to disability and I will turn it into a Minnesota. Also, this applies to individuals who are not disabled and who might have questions about sex and disability or disability in general. So, pause right now, do that, and then we'll get to the Minnesota. Oh, wait. I know you have stories. Go on. Do it. Help me curb my angry ableist feelings by sending me Minnesotes. Okay, but now I've rambled on for five minutes. I'm watching the recording as I do this. Let's start Minnesota number 19 of Disability After Dark. I got a letter from Desiree back at the end of April, and she writes, Hey, love your podcast and your honesty. Exclamation point. That's an awesome way to start in a Minnesota. Thank you for listening, Desiree. And I love that you listen. And it's in, I love knowing that people are actually listening to the thing that I do. And, and I'm slowly realizing that, you know, this podcast is never going to have a million downloads. It's never going to be, like, really, really super, super popular. But the, the uh, I mean, I want it to be super popular. So you should all tell your friends and download all the things now. But I love that people with disabilities are listening and then it's resonating with them, and it's building community in one way or another. And the reviews that I've gotten on iTunes, which you should also stop and I'll do right now, have been really, um, really, really empowering and important. And it shows that even though this won't be like a giant monster podcast that's going to take over the world, it is making a difference in this landscape, and I really appreciate that. So thank you to everyone. Anyway, Desiree says, Hey, love your podcast and your honesty. I have a spinal cord injury. Okay, awesome. She says, I'm in a wheelchair and I'm and dating a guy for two years now. Whoa, you've dated a guy for two years? As you just listened to, I can't date somebody for more than 
like three seconds without them realizing they're an ableist. So that's amazing. And I wonder if you talk to your partner about ableism and I want to hear about all those things. But that's not what she She says, uh, I was dating a guy for two years now. He was my first. Again, that's awesome that the relationship has actually gone somewhere. I think that's great. My biggest problem is managing my bladder slash bowels. I understand this so much. As somebody with IBS and cerebral palsy, let me tell you, I get this, I understand this to my core. Yep, totally, totally understand this. Totally get this. Um, she says, I don't pee during sex, but I have poop accidents. <laughs> Not laughing at you, Desiree. I'm laughing at the word poop because I'm eternally 12 and the word poop always makes me uncontrollably giggle, so I just like that you put the word poop. Um, I don't pee during sex, but I have poop accidents during doggy style about 5% of the time. Okay, sidebar, I've never done doggy style, and I'm super jealous you get to explore that. As you know from listening, my one move for sex is dead turtle, and I would love to try doggy style. So anybody who's listening right now who wants to fuck me doggy style one time and maybe help me get cleaned out and do all those things. I want to do that. It's a super large fantasy of mine to be fucked by a dude doggy style. He doesn't say anything, but I feel embarrassed when that happens. I understand the embarrassment. I was with somebody the other day and they were riding me and I was fucking them. I was power topping from the bottom because I'm I'm in dead turtle and they're fucking me. So they're on top of me. And as they're on top of me, I can feel, like, the poop urge coming. And I was like, oh, fuckery fuck. What do I do? How do I manage this feeling? This feels weird. Oh, my God. I'm going to shit on this guy. What do I do? Luckily, it was a fart. And as he was fucking me, I just farted. And it it was, we were done. It was fine. But I was like, oh, no. I'm going to shit on this guy. I, I I understand how embarrassing it is. But, you know, I was listening to, to... Don Sarah's podcast, um, Sex Gets Real, the other day, an, an episode from back in February, where she talks about her first experience with anal sex with her, one of her partners, and she said it so calmly. She's like, you know, at first it was icky, and then we put a we put some towels down, and we got some baby wipes, and that was the deal. And I think, you know, maybe that's something you should consider is just putting down some baby wipes and being like, yep, this is this is it. This I'm gonna I might shit myself like. It's not, shit is not supposed to be sexy. I'm not saying you should get into, like, scat or anything. Also, weird side note, somebody on Scruff the other day was like, hey, are you into, like, scat and water sports? And I was like, oh, and that was their opening message to me. It was like, oh, are you, like, into scat and water sports? And I was like, yeah, that's a super turnoff. Maybe you start with hello. But the point is, Desiree, I understand the embarrassment. I understand how you're feeling. But it, but if you're going to fuck somebody in the ass in any capacity, um, uh, shit's going to happen to you. And it's okay. And I think you probably feel embarrassed because disability, you know, we have this overarching fear of being dirty. And I understand that. And I, I living with IBS and living with all these things that I contend with, I fully fully know the 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 shame and embarrassment you're feeling but i want to tell you it's all right you can feel that shame and you could sit with sit in it if you need to but don't feel it for too long because somebody who's fucking up the ass 
should know you might shit, and that's okay. And they get, shit's just a part of our bodies. Trust me, I had six months of C. diff happening, which I'm sure I mentioned in one episode, and I went through a phase where I wore diapers for a long time, so I understand your trepidation and fear and how it, you know, depletes our sexiness, along with a bunch of internalized ableism that can come with that, but I would say, don't be too embarrassed. Try your best to laugh it off, um, but I get it. She continues, I try to go to the bathroom before he comes over, but it doesn't always work out. Has anybody had this problem? All of the time. When I... I have a ritual now where when I schedule my sex with a with a dude or a sex worker or who, whatever it is, I make sure that I call my attendant 45 minutes before they get here and I get, I get into my sling and I get in my bed and I have them wipe my ass and check to make sure that I didn't shit myself that there's no shit happening and I'm good that way because it's super embarrassing and, and I want to make sure that I'm clean and fresh down there. But I know that if I shit... My hope is that the person that I'm fucking is okay, or that's fucking me, is or is okay with all those things. But you never know, because because you never know. So, I understand. And so she ends with a couple things. She ends with, can you interview somebody with a spinal cord injury? I have interviewed a few people with spinal cord injuries. If you go back to episode 86, I recently interviewed Scott Jones, who has a spinal cord injury. Um... And I've, I know there have been others who've had spinal cord injuries that I can't think of right now on the show, uh, but there have been others. I would love to interview more individuals who have SCI and spinal cord injuries. If you're listening and you have a spinal cord injury and you want to come on the show or write me an, an, uh, a minisode about your experiences as a spinal cord injury, how do you, what is the wording for that? As a person with spinal cord injury? or a disabled person with spinal cord injury, you can always send us an email or let me know you want to be on the show to, of course, disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. And the last thing she ends with is, I'm also interested in the topic of having children while being in a wheelchair. So if anybody who has had kids and is a mother or a parent or wants to come on the show and talk about their parenting style as a disabled person, let me know again at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Desiree, thank you so much for your email, and I hope that it, uh, I hope that my advice, my advice helped you a little bit. Okay, so I wanted to do one more that's been in my inbox for a while, and this one comes from Larry, and Larry says, Hello, Andrew. Thank you for a great podcast. I'm happy someone is highlighting the topic of sex and disability, as it needs to be talked about more. Right? It totally needs to be talked about more. So much more. He says, I would love if you would do more episodes about non-monogamy and disability. I think there are a lot of interesting discussions that are good to highlight within this topic. In case you all didn't know, I've been putting on my on my social media for a while that I wanted to, to do a topic on non-monogamy because, hey oh, I'm polyamorous. I'm coming out officially and saying I'm polyamorous with a disability. Even though I've never been in a relationship, I definitely want to spread all the crippled love everywhere. Just putting that out there. Um, he says, I've listened to one episode where you talked about polyamory, which I enjoyed. I'm guessing that you might have listened to the one with Nathan Say, where we talk about that. Because he's awesome and he's also polyamorous and disabled. Um, Larry says, some sample topics could be... For a person with a disability, does non-monogamous relationships 
make them feel more or less secure than a monogamous relationship. From my limited perspective on on non-monogamous relationships and someone who's still learning that, I think you have to have big discussions about jealousy and being a disabled person who, you know, being someone who gets passed over a lot for the better person or the non-disabled lover person, I feel like I would have to deal with a lot of that in talking about my polyamory with, with partners. But again, I've never been in a relationship to discuss polyamory, but I think I would be have to talk about my jealousy issues around and how I feel secure. What I like about about polyamory for me is that I have a lot of experiences still to have, and I don't want to be tied down to one person. I want to try all the things. And so I think non-monogamy is something that I gravitate to that way. Um, the next question Larry asks is, how do metamors react I like that word, metamor. It sounds really sexy. Metamor. How do metamors react when their partner are dating somebody with a disability, etc.? I'd love to hear more of this. If you have uh, a mixed couple of disabled and non-disabled, how does the non-disabled partners react when you find out that one of your partners is dating a disabled person? I'd love to hear more of this. If you are listening and you are a non-monogamous person, a polyamorous person, or in a polyamorous type relationship, and when you are dating one person who's disabled and one person who's not, I'd love to hear all those stories. Send them in to the, for the Minnesotes. Larry continues, at the moment I'm based in Australia, hey Larry, I was just in Australia like two months ago, and I love it there, and I want to come back, and that's amazing. Um, And as I recently decided to identify as polyamorous, I decided to blog about it. Larry, tell me about your blog. Tell me where we can get those things. I'll put it up on my... I'll put it up in the Facebook page. I want. I think people should hear. Larry says, I then realized how many juicy topics there were to explore. Looking forward to continuing listening to your podcast. Cheers, Larry. And that's the Minnesota. That's how you do it. You send me in your thoughts, and I read them back to you, and I speculate, and we talk about them. And I am now basically pretty much done all the emails that I received over the last little bit, which means that you, lovely listeners who love the Minnesotas, and I hope you love the Minnesotas like I do, you now have to go on your email machines, head over to disabilityafterdark at gmail.com, and send me all of your stories. Remember that if you are a non-disabled person and you're listening, you can also send me stories. That I'd love to answer your questions. I want to hear experiences from you, too. So send me all the things related to disability, your questions, your stories, your anecdotes, to disabilityafterdark at gmail.com, and I will look to either do them once per month or once a week, depending on how many I get. But I do hope that you flood the inbox because I want to do more. So um, that's that. Also, before we go today, I want to let you know of something that I am doing in the world of sex and disability that I think you'd all be um, happy to know. I'm working on a sex and on a sex toy research project with my sister Heather in Australia, and we have partnered with a uh, a firm in Australia 
through RM, RMIT. Actually, you know what? Let me read the proper copy because I'm, I'm bumbling it up. Hang on. Bam, 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 bam. I'm going to go get it now, but just I'm gonna hang on. Okay, so this is me reading you the proper copy. Ready? Hey, Disability After Dark listeners. You know from listening to this show how passionate I am about all things sex and disability, right? Well, I want to let you know about a new project that I have underway. I'm designing a line of sex toys that puts physically disabled people's pleasure first. Say that five times fast. I conducted a small survey recently asking physically disabled people about their experiences with sex toys, and 96% of respondents said they want a toy that was designed with them in mind. This is great, but to ensure we create a toy that has disability-first design, we need to do more research. Listen, lovely listeners, I'll be upfront. The research for this kind of work is going to cost about $15,000, and we're going to use that money to design a product from the ground up, and by working with a team from RMIT in Australia, we'll be able to understand the pleasure points of the physically disabled sex toy user. And this is where you come in. So you can head over to our GoFundMe page and the work we're doing with that at deliciouslydisabled.ca throwback to something that I used to do deliciouslydisabled.ca and if you can donate $5, $10 or whatever you can to this campaign we'll be that much closer to our goal. If you can't donate please share share it everywhere share it within your inner circle and see if they can help out. Uh, we don't want to give the idea away too much at this stage so we're keeping it to this awesome little community we've grown here on the podcast thanks so much for your support and with this new venture so yeah head over to deliciouslydisabled.ca there's a big donate button there you can watch a little video clip that i made about it and i'd love any of you listening who are able to to donate it or to share it with your friends so we can get the word out about that all right but really that's the minnesota so two things Donate to to the sex toy research at deliciouslydisabled.ca and submit your things for the next Minnesota at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. I know I've said it like seven times, but I really want to do more of this. So, so send me in your stories and we'll go from there. Thanks for listening to Minnesota 19 and we'll see you on Friday where we do an episode where I talk about all the celebrities that I want to fuck who I don't think are necessarily ableist and some who I think might be a little bit ableist. It was a fun episode to do, for sure. Thanks for listening. Bye! Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations, with music by Chris Ujiuchi. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright, Crippled Content Creations, 2018.